Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On to 2023, which is what we're doing today on the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Penn State signed the class of 2022. That one's in the books officially. Like, the the late signing period is done, Ryan. Ryan Snyder joining me today. So we're taking a look at 2023 because it never ends. Like, it's never over. Just move on to the next thing. How you doing, Ryan? I like the new music. The The, intro. We're five for five now on people saying, like, man, I like the new intro music. (laughs) <laughs> that was my yeah. first time hearing it. I heard it, you know, when we did it the other day. I didn't know you, I didn't know you switched it. Uh, yeah. Actually, no, I listened to it the other day. What am I saying? But uh, yeah, yeah, it never ends, man. So we are uh, on the 2023, but really we've been on the 2023 for a year now. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, so we're talking we- about 2024 then. Forget the whole show we were going to do. Let's do 2024. Yeah. I'm kidding. We'll, I'm we'll, kidding. We'll do that in the summertime. Um, but yeah, Penn State's also a good start, um, you know. A lot, a lot of, lot, a lot of, oh God, it's a great start. Uh, they're, they're in great shape uh, with a lot of players, you know, coming off three pretty solid junior days. And of course, a ton of guys have been on campus for all those games uh, in the fall. But, uh, you know, you got to lock them down. And, and that's what uh, we, we will see with time. But th- there's a lot of good prospects out there. Um, you know, I think there's some positions that are going to be critically important, and, and we'll talk about them in this podcast. But I think our goal today is really just kind of go through positionally and, and talk about the top targets, and uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. So, well, where do you want to start? Quarterback, I assume, right? Oh, uh, yeah, we can start. It. So it's funny because normally I would say absolutely let's start a quarterback with Penn State having two quarterbacks on the roster. Just like recruiting in any position, you're never done. But it does seem to have less emphasis than now that they got two in the in in the books now from 2022. It, where would you gauge the level of urgency a quarterback on a year to year basis and with 2023? I mean, so you always have to get one. Okay. Um, you know, you can't you can't have a year off at that position because it's well the portal. You know, and you know right. with with only one guy starting. I mean, you're going to see outgoings almost every year I feel like of course we saw Taquan Roberson this year and um, you know I don't know who's going to leave next year but uh, I think more often than not uh, you're, you're going to see an outgoing every year at that position so I have a I have a hunch that Sean Clifford is leaving after 2023 2022 yeah. so I think there's going to be one for sure leaving yeah but actually and with Sean leaving you know depending on how it all shakes out that could maybe keep you know, Veyu and Previula yeah. and, and Al are all, all together because, you know, they're going to fight it out then for the following year. Um, although, who knows, you know, 2022 season, we, we got a ways to go still. So let's see how it all shakes out. But, uh, yeah, you would think that with Clifford leaving, that gives everybody an uh, incentive to stay and, and then fight for it uh, in 2023 then. But uh, who knows, man? <laughs> Long way to go until then. Yeah. <laughs> so who are the names to know at quarterback uh, with that one well, there's one roster spot in this mm-hmm. class, correct? And, and who are the guys to yeah. know at this point? 
yeah, I don't expect – I'd be shocked if there were there was more than one quarterback in this class. And, I mean, there's no doubt about it that Dante Moore from Martin Luther King uh, is the top guy in this class. We have him at number 17 in the in the on-three consensus. And, uh, you know, he's got offers from just about all the top programs you can think of. I mean, to me, it, it feels like Michigan um, has the lead there. And, you know, now that Harbaugh is coming back, I, it's going to be hard for me to – to see them missing out on him. I, I just, all signs have really been kind of pointing there, but that, you know, he's got a ways to go to a lot more visits to take. So I don't want to get too, too embedded into that thought, but right now yeah. I definitely feel like Michigan's the favorite and, and Notre Dame's very much in the mix there too. And same with Michigan state. So to, basically what I'm saying is I, <laughs> I'd be surprised if he ends up here, especially coming off a year where, where you land such a good quarterback and, and, and Drew Aller, of course. And, you know, guys look at that, especially at this position, you know, they they, they do try to find pockets uh, where, you know, previously recruited guys maybe uh you know aren't uh on their level or whatever it may right. be so, right uh, to me it's going to be hard to land Dante Moore I think Jaden Rashada then out of, out of California is the next guy you turn to and you know he's been so quiet lately it was weird because during the season he was somebody you know we were in regular contact with he came for two visits uh and, and it felt like you know okay we're gonna be able to you know really understand his recruitment and then just over the last couple of months, he's really gone quiet, and, and it's been hard to get a feel for him. I know in the fall, um, Penn State sources were giving me the impression that Penn State and Ole Miss were probably his his two top schools, and uh, since then, he's added some other uh, quality programs. So that'll be something I need to learn more on, really, and and uh, that'll be something I definitely dig on in February. Uh, the last thing I will say, though, is Penn State has been handing out more scholarship offers here just recently, right. uh, which kind of you know, quarterback's not a position where you just throw offers out there. So to me, that would give me the impression that maybe they feel like they're fading a bit with Rashada. Um, you know, I think they know they have an uphill climb with Moore. Um, and, and, you know, because because of Rashada being quiet and just maybe maybe he's not opening up to them as much as um, as he is with not with us. But but just offering a few more guys like J.J. Cole out of Iowa, uh, Marcus Stokes out of Florida. You know, that kind of gives me the impression that they need to expand their board. So that'll that'll be something here to watch here in the coming weeks. I, I had a really good talk with Marcus Stokes the other day. Uh, he, he actually is coming off the uh, incredible combine uh, down in San Antonio. And, you know, now he's really starting to blow up. Uh, Penn State was the first power five school to offer, but there's a lot of other schools in the mix here. So he'll be somebody to watch. Uh, and, of course, Yurch has also went out to watch uh, J.J. Cole uh, throw earlier this year. Um, I believe he scouted one of his games. or Actually, no, excuse me. He was in December. He went out to check up on him. So that was another player we knew he was interested in. But uh, this this board has to get figured out still. Put it, yeah. I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah, and it's, a, it's always the place to start, but it did feel like the murkiest of at least – through our conversations that hasn't one hasn't really been one that there seems to be a crystallized even list. I think to your point of it's expanding now. Um, mm -hmm. I want to go back to Jim Harbaugh though, because we can't not talk about that of mm -hmm. all the way into interviewing with the Vikings. Then Nope, I'm coming back to Michigan. There's a, a thousand different ways you could look at, at that particular story and how it affects the program, the university, et cetera, et cetera. How do you feel confident if you're a recruit that the head coach was interviewing with the NFL and was by reports agreed in principle or at least was going to be the next Vikings head coach until suddenly he wasn't like there is there is there any trust that needs to be rebuilt there from recruits or players in the program Can't you say the same thing about James Franklin but he didn't interview with anybody. He didn't actually he there was no report that he was interviewing with Southern California or LSU. Yeah. There were rumors, but 
he was I legitimately guess. the guy that was going to be the Vikings head coach, at least as far as the reporting that was done by On3 and the guys that, that you know yeah. we were reading. And then miraculously, later in the day, he's back at Michigan as yeah. the head coach. Yeah, it is and a I, little different. I agree. Um, sorry, I cut you off there. No, um, I, I was just wrapping up my point. So, <laughs> But, yeah, it is a little different. But I just think, like, we've had three, four years of Franklin rumors, too. And I think okay. that you add multiple years of that, um, it kind of, to me, it's kind of on the same playing field as one year of uh, another coach interviewing. Now, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would assume that uh, that those are conversations they're going to have to have. But, uh, you know, all sides have been have been, have been pointing to, to Michigan. And, you know, our colleagues up there, they, they feel really good about it. And even our colleagues in Notre Dame, you know, kind of say like, yeah, I think the Irish are in it. But, you know, Michigan's going to be hard to beat there. So yeah. you, you would think that that would impact him. But. I mean, this this is college football. How many how many moves were made this year? <laughs> Twenty some, yeah. you know. Yeah, it, it's it's just how it works. So uh, I, I don't know if you can ever get too uh, embedded into just you know relationships with coaching staff. You got to find a school that's right for you. Yeah, yeah, and I, that makes that makes sense. I, I mean, in in the long run, that is it's par for the course. It just seems like it was such a unique situation where I, I don't remember too many times where a guy was the reporting was in like the, the story was written. He's going to be the next coach. And then all of a sudden it flips back and then you got to go back into that room. Like yeah. when Brian Kelly left, it was four minutes of video that we saw. And then he was out the door that yeah. you don't usually see reversals like this. So just a unique situation from the players on the team to the recruits and how everyone would view that. I, I just, I find that particular conversation interesting because I, I don't know. Jim, I don't know Jim Harbaugh's contract and, the longevity of his time at Michigan from a contractual mm -hmm. standpoint. So going down that road probably isn't super helpful, but it's just something I wanted to bring up because it's felt weird. It just felt like a weird one of these situations where usually it's one or the other. It never comes back the other way. He definitely wanted to go to the NFL. And yeah. I just feel like the Vikings said, no, we don't want you. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, like I mean, uh, at least uh, not, not just from our college reporting, but you know, if you just look at national writers and, and since what they've kind of put out there that it feels like he wanted it and they said no. So whatever. Welcome yeah. back to Penn, Jim. <laughs> so let's move on to Penn State things and talk about the running back situation. Penn State, another another place where they got uh, our Charles Power, our recruiting and ranking director, had them with the best running back uh, class in the nation for 2022 you never done going back to 2023. Who are the guys that are going to be the next crop in, or at least the targets at this point? So this is another one where I feel like this board is going to expand with time. I think Trayon Webb uh, from Trinity Christian uh, down, down in Florida, who of course was, was teammates uh, with Cam Miller this past year. I, I think he'll be, there seems to be some momentum growing with him. You know, at one point uh, back in October, November, the talk was, you know, Penn State's building a good relationship with Mark Fletcher, who's from American Heritage down in uh, the Miami region. Uh, but that seems to have cooled a little bit. I, I'm not I, I just feel like some other schools are probably more so emerging with with Fletcher right now. So so Webb's the guy I have circled. Uh, you know, they're also in the mix with Richard Young from Lehigh Acres, another another Florida guy. Um, but until he visits, it's hard for me to really kind of take him serious. And then Dalen Smothers, uh, who, who's from, I believe, the Charlotte region. He, he's another guy who's been on campus already. But but Webb seems to be the one that 
you know, there, there seems to be more momentum behind. He's been up here before. He has that close connection with Cam Miller. But, you know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't think this board w- was going to expand with time. You know, this and this is – there's not a ton of guys in the region uh, that Penn State's really high on. You know, this is, this is one of those positions where they have to recruit nationally this year. Okay. And when that's the case, you know, it, it's – they're not Ohio State, you know. They're not Clemson. They're not Alabama. They can't just pluck these guys uh, as regularly as they would like, you yeah. know. So, so when when you have to go outside your region, uh, you usually kind of it's one of those positions that drags out for a bit, and the board keeps expanding with more and more offers going out. I mean, there is, you know, in Harrisburg, Bishop McDevitt running back Marquise Williams. You know, he's a good player, uh, but he's a little small, and I think Penn State has some concerns with that at five nine. We have at five nine, one sixty five, one seventy ish. I think they definitely want a bigger back, and, and yeah. I think that that's why they're not really going all out for Marquise. So, if you look at the rest of the board, man, it's you know, uh, Florida, 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 North Carolina, Texas, Texas. Uh, Florida again, um, you know, just my point is that, you know, all these guys are really from outside the region. So we'll, we'll see with more visits with time, but out of all the, out of those four guys I mentioned, Webb seems to make the most sense at the moment, but he's also committed to two schools already and decommitted twice. And just, yeah, that was, so, that was take some time. How does Jay Wan Sider being so good in the state of Florida factor into this of is, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to not be hyperbolic here, but. Florida is very firm where Penn State has taken several running backs out of the state over the last couple of years. So is this a time is this more about time or lack of quality prospects when you really dig down into it uh, between the two? Um, I, I, he's good in South Florida. I mean, I guess that's not exactly true. He's gotten Kevon Lee and and Kazai Holmes and, and they they were they were in South Florida. But uh, I, I would say, I mean, what do you mean by quality prospects? Like there's good, there's good quality prospects down there, but they just, they have offers from everywhere. You right. Know? <laughs> so right. It's, it's more so just that there haven't been too many guys who I think like truly have Penn state in their top three and, and they want to decide anytime soon. And then they're going to, they have to take more visits still too. I mean, that's, that's the one thing with these 2023 guys is, you know, some of them got out, but, you know, there's a lot of guys still who really haven't been able to um, explore. You know, they, they've only been able to visit their regional schools. Now, Webb did make it up here and Fletcher did drive up or uh, flew up here uh, for, for the Michigan game. But I think it's just going to take time. And, that, and that's the main thing. It, this, this, this is another board that, you know, it wouldn't, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if none of those four guys end up here at Penn State. Right. That, I'll gotcha. put it that way. Uh, one place that we're, let's let's have some clarity. One place that I think is is pretty clear, or that we've had talks about these players specifically, would be receiver. Just going right down uh, the roster, yeah. uh, Ronnie Gallagher is the headliner of this group. But this is a group that I think there's more regionality, and there's a couple of prospects in mm-hmm. the area, right, that are that are high on the board. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Gallagher is definitely um, you know one A, uh, or maybe just one all by himself. I mean, I think Noah Rogers out of North Carolina is an awesome prospect too that Penn State's incredibly high on. And I have him kind of right up there with Rodney uh, as far as like their top two guys. Um, now there are some other guys who are, you know, truly national prospects that if they come and visit, you know, they'll, they'll be right up there too. But uh, right now I would, I would circle those guys. I would also put a Johnny Shakir uh, from Penn Salkin in, in that mix. Uh, I don't know if he's quite as high as those two are, but he's been on campus enough, uh, showed enough interest. Uh, and, you know, they have enough information on uh, that. He makes a lot of sense, but there, there's a lot of other guys here. Of course, we talk about Kenny Johnson a lot out of Dallas town. Uh, I, I think Kenny comes up here and camps in the summertime. 
runs well and has a good workout, they'll they'll absolutely take him. And I think they, I mean, they've already offered. There's a lot of interest. I just feel like the, he just they just need to see. I really think they just want to see him run. I really believe that's what it is. Uh, and he, if he were to do that, uh, I have no doubts that they, they would probably take him. So he's another guy. Of course, Anthony Brown, uh, who's currently committed to Minnesota. He was just up here for Junior Day. Uh, so there's some good interest there. Uh, Bryson Rogers uh, out of uh, I believe it's Zephyr Hills. Uh, in Florida, he's been up here for a visit already. He's got a lot of good offers, though, and his 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 board um, just kind of keeps or his list, excuse me, just kind of keeps expanding. Christian Hamilton's another guy out of North Carolina, but uh, this is definitely a get 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 Rodney Gallagher on board. You know, probably take a Johnny Shakir again out of out of New Jersey, and then you can probably take another one. I, I think right now, three three wide receivers makes the most sense. And four tight ends, right? At one point, it seemed like Penn State was going to have about six or seven tight ends. We'll get into some of the details and nuance there when we get to Matthias Barnwell. But uh, Penn State really got it feels like they got their pick of the litter. They they got what they wanted yes. in this position because the room's full at this point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think Joey and, and Joey and Neo are definitely the, the guys I have circled as tight ends right now. And yeah. Neo Avery can absolutely play defensive end. And that may that may happen with time. But right now he's coming in here fully expecting to play tight end. Penn State's fine with that. I mean, Neo Avery, I thought, was their number one tight end target the whole time. And then he breaks his hand, starts playing defensive end. James Franklin attends one of those games where he's yeah. playing defensive end. And that's where that whole talk kind of started. But because yeah. uh, he me, was really good at it. Holy yeah. cow. Was he good at it? I think he had six tackles or six sacks in like one game or something like that. It was, yeah. it was some really good stats. So, uh, you know, that that'll be one that uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with time. It wouldn't surprise me if he got moved over there, but, but he and uh, he and Joey are definitely coming in to play tight end. And uh, you know, I, I, I've kind of talked about it already, but you know, I think Mat- Matthias is going to end up at defensive end and, or a defensive tackle. And uh, we'll talk about that here in a minute. So when it comes to just quickly on Neo Avery, I know you mentioned the defensive end, uh, what do you think the, lean, the it's still strong lean to tight end, but the, the option is there. Do you think oh, yeah. a strong senior season at defensive end and, you know, T Frank in T Frank's film room, one of the things I thought either way, you need to get a little bigger and stronger, but especially for defensive end, if he blossoms on the other side of the ball, is that door open to then reopening the tight end room? I think the door will be open regardless of what happens. Or okay. you mean like adding another tight end? Excuse yeah. me. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah. Um, Probably not. Uh, I, I would just say this, like it just, no, I think that'll be so far down the road though, that they'll have so many other guys committed, gotcha. that they'll just have bigger needs, you know, now don't get me wrong. You know, if something, something, you know, Joey decommitted, which I don't, I don't see that happening, but um, I just, you know, if, if we project it out to next October, I'd be shocked if this class isn't, 70% full by then. And then right. once you get to that stage, you start saying, okay, well, you know, we only got one uh, wide receiver committed or something like that, you right. know, and that's your, your holes will become obvious at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so to me, that would surprise me. I think those will be your two tight ends, you know, maybe if somebody decommitted, uh, something would change, but uh, I think that'll be, that'll be it. So offensive line is next. And I know that we've, uh, we've talked a lot about tackles versus interior offensive line, but they already has three committed to the class. And Anthony Donko has that guard tackle possibility. Um, what's left out there and what is Penn State targeting when they have those three linemen they have already? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tackle, pretty tackle heavy, their board remaining. Um, now I'm going to include Javen Williams in that, although I think Javen Williams is a guard, actually. Let, let me let me clarify. I, think I would he agree. Will be, 
a guard. Yeah. Uh, and and so Jamin Williams it makes the most sense for adding an interior guy. And then after that, I mean, I, I feel like it, they really have to focus on tackle. So Samson Okunlola, of course, he was just up for a junior day not that long ago. Uh, Chase Basantis has you know, showing signs that he's interested in Penn State, but I, I just kind of hear mixed things. Like to me, when that's the case at this stage, I don't get a great feeling there. And then with Luke Montgomery, you know, I think Luke likes Penn State a lot, but I, I think he he has some other schools that are a little ahead of Penn State right now. So when I focus on that on that tackle board, yeah. you know, it remains Evan Link, Samson Oak, and Lola. Those are the two, and Evan Link especially. I feel like yeah. Evan Link is the one Penn State has to land. He just went to Stanford. I, I have to get in touch with him still. I was waiting to get past National Signing Day to, to check in with him on that Stanford visit. So we'll do that here in the coming week. But, but yeah, Evan feels like an absolute must-land prospect out of D.C., uh, Gonzaga. He's a true tackle. Uh, somebody Penn State has to land. If they can land him and they can land Javon Williams, and I do think Penn State will land Javon Williams. I, I mean, a lot of talk that, you know, he, he's been leaning this way. Um, you know, people who close to him out there in, in the Reading area have kind of hinted that he's leaning Penn State. When the commitment will come, I'm not exactly sure, but uh, he's a guy I think we'll be, we'll be putting in a, a crystal ball here for pretty soon, to be honest. Uh, and then it, put it this way, though, if they get Link – and they get Williams. I do think they would still add Okamola, and yeah, that would, yeah, yeah. that would that would get the class all the way up to six. Six, um, yeah, yeah, five five right now is kind of what I'm projecting. But uh, the point here is that they're just going to load up. Uh, yeah. I think I think that that's remains a incredibly important position, and uh, they they have no problem taking a scholarship or two from another spot uh, if they can get quality guys at the end. And Samson Okamola. Yeah. Would be a quality guy at the end. That's exactly what I was going to say. Of a, a guy like that, you're going to make an exception for, and that's what they were they were trying to do in the class of 22 as well with Emil Wagner and some of those guys. Yeah. Of they got the guys in the class they wanted, uh, and, and they got Drew Shelton and they secured those guys, and then all out for the those those prospects that are are the ones they really want that are making the decision at the end. So it makes sense mm -hmm. to to keep that sort of process going. Um, to include the class, just to round out our evaluation here, Alex Birchmeyer, uh, a high four-star, if he was a tackle, would be, I think, an easy five-star candidate at this point is uh, on in the class. And then, of course, Josh Miller, the other guy with Anthony Donko, already committed. So a strong group already could be a very strong unit with some of the guys that are interested in Penn State. Um, mm -hmm. Reality here, uh, as far as who they could get in this class, what, what do you think that the end result might be with uh, the names we mentioned link link you have yeah. to land link get link and it makes a lot it makes things a lot easier um because if you miss on link then then i think you're you're gonna have to uh, probably offer more tackles and, and it gets a little little trickier out there so if they can get link it, it just i think it makes their they'll feel a lot better about the situation because he's leaning this way he's a quality prospect um but academics are incredibly important too and and stanford is uh you know, you yeah. no one can argue about Stanford's academics. So yeah. get Link, uh, get Javon Williams, uh, which, I mean, right now I think is definitely realistic. Uh, and then, you know, Okalola, if it's anything his brother's recruitment, he's going to take his time. Uh, that's somebody you can add down the road. You can pluck a scholarship from defensive back or something like that to take him. I'm going to ignore the obvious jokes about uh, Legend of Zelda because I don't, I never played the game. So let's move on to defensive yeah. end.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is a, a jam-packed, star-studded group that Penn State has, That the, the list of names that we have here. So take us through it. Let's break it down and look at the guys from top to bottom, most reasonable, most feel best about, or where do you want to start with this list that includes some of the top players in the nation? Yeah, I mean, of course, Nicholas Harbour is, is someone we have to talk about, right? Um, probably one of the best athletes, not in this class, but really in, in recent classes combined. I mean, I can't think of t- too many guys in 2022, 2021, 2020 uh, that what I would put a, uh, above him as far as a, a pure freak of an athlete. But, of course, with his track uh, prowess and, and uh, the opportunities that he has there to be a, a truly – uh, world-class sprinter, man, it's just it's really hard for me to not see him taking, you know, some of those Southern schools who just have incredible track programs seriously. So that that's something we'll find out with time. You know, Nicholas did not make it up to Penn State for the junior day. Uh, his team got invited to a uh, uh, big, I forget the indoor meet's name, but uh, big meet, uh, was it Melrose game, maybe, I believe, uh, Melrose meet uh, up in New York City. They, they got a late invite to that, and, and uh, he ended up going to that track meet the other week uh, and performed pretty well, I believe. Uh, and he's actually running like against like world-class sprinters. Like I don't believe it was at a high school uh, level. But um, anyway, uh, David Ojabe, of course, from St. John's College High. Uh, Desmond Umazulu was up, just up here. Um, some other guys, I, th- I think Mason Robinson is someone that, that Penn State would take uh, out of McDonough. I'm curious to see what happens with Cam Lenhart. You know, a couple couple months ago, he was firmly leaning this way, and now things have kind of cooled a little bit. He just went out to Michigan State and uh, just kind of trying to get a better feel for where he's at on Penn State's board at the moment because a couple months ago, it definitely felt like he was somebody who's going to be part of this class, and uh, now I'm just kind of getting more so the impression that Penn State's leaning towards a couple other guys. So that'll be something yeah. to watch. Dylan Gooden is an interesting player. Uh, he, he's a good counsel along with Neo Avery. I mean, my, what I, I mean, physically, he's a great looking prospect. i just was kind of told mixed things on, on how a season went, you know, just some ups and downs. And, uh, that's given Penn state and some other schools a reason to, I don't want to say pause like that as if they wouldn't ever take him, but you know, maybe to do a little bit more research, ask him right. to camp. Of course he, he camped actually with Penn state, uh, this past summer too. So they do have, they do have good testing numbers on them and things like that. But right now, you know, this, this is a board that. It's hard for me to really pinpoint who's absolutely going to end up at Penn State. I think Mason Robinson, if Penn State wants him, he will end up here. And I, I think mm-hmm. he's a good enough player to end up here, personally. Uh, David Ojave, too, out of St. John's College High, he's visited enough that that makes me think he's a realistic prospect. And right now, I would do two or three uh, defensive ends. I would think that if they can land Mason, 
maybe maybe land a Jabe, uh, then you hold out then for you know one of the freak guys that uh, you could go for later in the cycle. But those are the guys who stand out the most to me at the moment. Um, actually, I will add Michael Kilbane too uh, from yeah. Saint Edward out of Ohio. He just visited a couple of weeks ago. Uh, great kid too. Penn State was one of the first big schools to offer him, and uh, that seems to be some momentum there too. Um, Deshaun Womack. I I never mentioned Saint Francis kids because Penn State struggles so much with Saint Francis kids, but right. Deshaun Womack was just up here too. I believe he has ties to Pittsburgh too, so there, you know, there might be some some ends that Terry Smith has with, with them. Um, but until Penn State lands a St. Francis prospect, man, it's it's hard for me to seriously consider those guys. So we'll see. Um, I didn't mention Joseph Mpui too. He's a really raw prospect. Um, I forget what country he's out of in Africa. I, I want to say Ghana, but I don't believe that's it. But uh, he, he came over here to the States not that long ago yeah. and uh, just played his first year of football. And physically, man, there's a lot to love there. Uh, Penn State is serious about him. Uh, he's from Archbishop Carroll, which uh, is the same school as uh, Nicholas Harbor. I mean, I, I've, I've talked to people about Mupui who people think that Mupui is actually, you know, I don't want to say better than Nick Harbor, but like, but like, Technically, in some ways, he's a better defensive end, you know, just because Nick Harbour's kind of a freak athlete. Yeah, uh, yeah, but, yeah. But you know, Mapui showed some things down the down the as the season progressed, where he was just getting better with his hands, and you know, technically. Yeah. Well, well Harbour Harbour is a very linear sort of player. Like, if you're a great yeah. sprinter, you're obviously very upright, very linear, and there is a lot of that in his game. So I can imagine guys that have a little more bend or that use a little bit more football-like skills other than just pure speed, strength, and violence is what you see in Harbor. And I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but his game is built on violence and shock and speed. And if you were using the the nuances, I can see how that might be something part of that conversation. One guy that uh, I was expecting, but not expecting on the list was Jason Moore because he's got a conversation about whether he's an end or a tackle. So how does he fit into that group and how does he fit into Penn state's long-term projection at defensive tackle, which we get into next. I was going to say, I have him as a defensive tackle. Uh, He he, he could probably play both. uh, But to me, I just see him continuing to grow. And when I watched him against Emetep this past year, I mean, just, his strength is, you know, real power rushing and things of that sort. And, you know, right now we have him at 6'6", 255. And, you know, you, you have to think that he could get up to 280 pretty easily. I mean, he's already really well um, physically built. and um, But there's definitely still room that he can grow, too. I mean, he's been playing basketball his whole life. This is the first year he hasn't played basketball. So right. if you add in, you know, the fact that he's going to be training in the weight room uh, for the first time this whole entire offseason – I mean, you you would think that he's able to add some great weight there. But, Incredible but, length, right? I have not seen as much of Jason Moore, but we're talking about a guy who yeah. moves the interior length and would be a sort of a lean 300, right? Is what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had a reach uh, number on him. I don't. I don't have an exact uh, number for you know what his arm length is or anything like that. But but yeah, I mean, he's he's a true you know six. I think we have him at like six five and. Six five and a half, six five and three quarters. I have a mark of six six. I mean, he's going to reach six six here soon. Don't worry about it. He's yeah. still growing. So right. uh, usually, you know, those guys, I, I, you know, I when they're six to five, six five and a half, and uh, still growing, I'll, I'll mark them up a little bit because that that's only coming with time. But but yeah, he's he's in my opinion, Penn State's number one defensive tackle target, uh, and I expect Matthias Barnwell to be at this position too. Uh, yeah. This is this is you know, there's been a lot of talk about him playing defensive line. Some people have said, you know, he wants to kind of be like a defensive end, like a power defensive end. But to me, like, dude, he's going to grow. He's going to continue growing. He's already, 
you know, six, seven or whatever it is. So uh, I, I, I see him as a defensive tackle. With and great can, pad level. I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to stress, I, I can't stress this enough of like tall, but with a low profile. And if Penn State got two of those players in the same class, yep. like that's, we're talking, this is what we're talking about when it comes to making a difference in recruiting and making a difference on the defensive line and different genuine defensive tackles that make a difference in games that's what you can have with that sort of length and and flexibility uh how much speaking of flexibility how much is it a benefit or 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 how well positioned does it make penn state having barnwell already on their committed roster yeah it certainly helps right i mean because i mean it well here's what i'm curious to because for the longest time i had two defensive tackles for penn state and then they add this is where Barnwell's at now. So does that change it to three now? Uh, and I and I think when you look at their board, yeah, yeah, I think they could definitely take three because you know if you if you can add Jason Moore, like I don't see them stopping there. I mean, because look, I mean, look at their board right now. They have yeah. Derek LeBlanc and John Walker, who are both top one fifty defensive tackle prospects who have came came all the way up here from Florida recently. So there's a serious interest there. Joel Starling's decommitted from Michigan. I mean, I don't know when he's going to visit. I mean, he there's, but they've been talking to him long enough that I do think it will come. And then I haven't even mentioned Will Norman yet. And Will Norman is originally from, I believe, Camden. Uh, he plays at IMG Academy now. I mean, I, I, I thought for a little while that Norman was leaning towards Penn State. Not that I was expecting a commitment. I don't want to get too ahead of myself there with that because I can see that dragging out for a little while. But uh, And then, you know, I hadn't even mentioned Sadir Mitchell and Justin Benton too. I, I think Justin Benton, is somebody we need to be talking about more. I mean, Penn State sources seem to be really speaking highly of him behind the scenes. Uh, we have him as a four-star in the on three consensus from uh, Covington, Georgia. He was originally at IMG Academy, and now he's he's gone back to play at home here uh, for his senior season. But, they, you know, there's some good ties with some of those IMG guys that Penn State's in with. And I just, dude, they, they, there's a lot of people behind the scenes talking about Benton as somebody that they can realistically get. So that, that board's deep, man. And I used to think, you know, they'll, they'll be happy with two. Uh, but, man, if they can land more, they already have Barnwell there. I don't see how they can turn many of those guys away. And, and this is one of those reasons I think just having Matthias Barnwell on your team is so helpful because he he could play tackle as well. And I know that that's not what he wants to do, but like his ability and his versatility helps you in a lot of ways, building your class. Cause you can see everywhere that he could play. So having that many defensive tackles and having him already on the roster, it, it's a, it, it seems like it's a great sign for Penn state. If you were to put an yeah. optimism chart there, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, well, the way we should consider Barnwell is just as an athlete, you know, because yep. there's always like those one or two athlete guys uh, who I kind of, you know, that's the the scholarship that I put them under. Because Penn State does generally kind of save a scholarship or two is, you know, we're going to put this guy wherever, you know. Uh, so that's really – we don't normally use those. Uh, we don't normally, uh, you know, for guys his size. Yeah, for I'm anyone saying. over 260. <laughs> yeah, that's not usually how we look at those. Uh, they're usually more so speedy wide receivers that could, you know, maybe help in other ways. But uh, – yeah, but that's how you should really look at Barnwell because there's a lot of ways that they could use him. And and because of that, you know, that that's why I could see this defensive tackle group, which I originally had projected for two, uh, growing to maybe three. And, dude, I mean, I, 
honestly, even four wouldn't surprise me at this point if you yeah. include Barnwell as a tackle. So you could have six. You could have six linemen and four tackles, and then Penn State fans will be super happy about this class because <laughs> it fills all of their needs, desires, and wants. Uh, yep. Another place that Penn State seems to be in a great position that'd be linebacker with a couple of in-state guys and some guys that seem very high on the program, at least from a public social media standpoint. Yep. Take us through this list, which has uh, I know guys that 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 I'm pretty high on, and I think that you probably are pretty high on as well. Yeah, well, I mean, we've been calling Tamia Robinson Penn State's top linebacker prospect for a while now. And, you know, there's there's definitely some thought that he could grow into an end. Uh, I, I would be curious to see how he comes back from this injury. Uh, Don't they all? Uh, not to cut yeah. you off, but, like, we're having the same conversation about Abdul Carter. They could all yeah, be defensive yeah. ends when they're big well, and Abdul fast. Abdul Carter's 235, though. I mean, Tamia Robinson's 210. Tamia Robinson was just playing safety for a good portion of his yeah. uh, high school career. I mean, I believe he was playing predominantly safety this past year. So, we'll see. I mean, I, I know a couple of colleagues about 247 think think end there. When I talk to Penn State people, though, they, they're still pretty adamant that that linebacker is where they're recruiting us. So, that's what I'm going with for now. Um, but I, I mean, I do know, I mean, I believe 247 has him as an end now. I believe that's what they're listing him as. So I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, Charles Power and I have talked about it a little bit. And, uh, we still feel like linebacker is the, the best place to list him, but I wouldn't be surprised if that, you know, if he continues to grow or if they see some changes with, uh, you know, just how he moves after this injury, that things change a little bit there. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, but no doubt about in my mind is that Tony Rojas, Phil Pachotti, and Grant Tucker are all very high on Penn State's board. Um, you know, Pachotti, of course, out of Penridge, somebody I went and saw. Uh, I have no doubts that he's, you know, among their top three. And then Tony Rojas as well, who I need to get changed. <laughs> we have him as a wide receiver still. I need to get him changed to linebacker. Uh, every time we talk about him on this podcast, it reminds me I need to get that done. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a true linebacker prospect for them. Uh Came up the camp, had an awesome camp. I've run the, I've told you guys the numbers a thousand times now. Four five forty, uh, four four shuttle. I mean, ran really well. Penn State has a lot of excitement about what Tony Rojas can bring, and he came off. He's coming off a pretty good season too. So, I've yeah. had those three guys: Robinson, Rojas, Machadi as their top guys. I really should probably include uh, Grant Tucker in that as well, um, out of North Carolina. Uh, but there's a lot of guys. I mean, this is a deep board this year. We we didn't even mention Desiah Trotter, uh, Jordan Hall out of IMG Academy to me uh d creighton just came up here from yep. georgia the other week uh so th there's a lot of guys here uh you know they're still they're still keeping an eye on some much bridgman from our bishop wood i mean there, there's a lot of guys here uh and i have no doubts that penn state's going to get a, a good haul linebacker just because of um you know just how many times they've had guys visit and, and the, who's showing interest who's who's real about penn state i mean out of those out of those top four guys robinson rojas Pachati, tucker I'm very close to logging a pick for Rojas. Um, Pachati, of course, I, I think he needs to get to know Manny Diaz a little bit more. I think I think he may be one guy where losing Brent Pry kind of does hurt a little bit. With, does yeah. hurt State a little bit with, but not that I'm writing him off yet. I know Notre Dame is a serious contender there, yep. but I think if he gets around Manny uh, more, they'll, they'll be pretty good. But but Robinson Rojas, they they both feel very realistic to me. I I, I can put in picks for them tomorrow and feel confident. So four linebackers, right? We're, we're three. <laughs> well, so my original projection was two to three. Yeah, uh, I think three just because it's going to be hard to turn guys around. But yeah. you know, now I'm talking about four defensive tackles and six offensive linemen. It's a thirty-man class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless we see a massive, uh, you know, uh, amount of departures here in the spring. I don't know. I mean, right now I've been thinking this class would be like 22, 23. It's hard to see quite. You know, that reached in 25, uh, but it won't be a small class either. It won't be like an 18 person class or anything like that. So, 
only time will tell. And of course, we got to figure out what happens in the portal. So uh, this is fun, man. This game is uh, it's incredibly difficult, but I can just yeah. throw numbers out there and it doesn't matter because they're all going to change <laughs> in two months anyway. So. Yeah. Once we see a couple more commitments, then the, the math gets a little more firm. But it also yeah. is going to be something that we uh, that we're going to be updating continually. So another spot that I know you and I have talked about a good bit is the uh, cornerback position. Lamont Payne already in on uh, the committed roster. Who are the guys here, and what's the number we're looking at as far as players at corner? And alternately, do you see this as defensive backs or corners and safeties? Defensive backs. I mean, I always say two or three for each. It feels like every year I always say two or three corners, two or three safeties, and they, they kind of... They take so many guys who have the length, you know, to play corner if they can, but maybe they don't move as well so they can go to safety. I mean, usually every year feels like it's like four defensive backs and like one of them's like a true safety or a true corner. Um, but right now for corner, I'm looking at, uh, of course, the pain's already committed. Uh, Amari Snowden out of Detroit is a player who's really, uh, he went down to Miami, had a great, great uh, seven on seven down there a couple weeks ago. I'll be curious to see how many more offers he keeps picking up, uh, but he's already been on campus. Um, really, really spoke highly of Penn state. I, I think they will be in the mix there. And Musa Kane too, out of Blair Academy. Um, he's another guy who he has close ties with Anthony Poindexter. He could play and he's, he's the perfect example. I mean, he could play corner or safety. I have him more so as a corner right now. Cause when I look at their safety board, uh, it's a little, I think it's a little deeper than what we have yeah. at corner. He's so got I, two great ones in this class. So it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Demar Demar Brown too uh, out of Florida is a guy I'm, I'm keeping an eye on. D- uh, Damon Fagan too. They were both from American Heritage, but we'll see. I mean, they, they were on campus for a visit, but it's it's not going to be easy to land those American Heritage guys. So right now, yeah. Snowden, Kane, um, and then you add in Payne. I mean, that would be three. Um, I, I think both. I think I think Kane's definitely realistic, and um, let's see how Snowden progresses here. So let's uh, roll right into the safeties. Then, who are the guys? Are there any guys that have? versatility the other way that might be considered that are more safeties than corners and who's the names in this group yeah Janela Guerrero is is an interesting guy I mean right now I don't see him ending up here but he 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 was an IMG he moved back up to the uh, New England area I I forget which school he's at I apologize but uh, you know they just there's been talk that uh, he's talking to Penn State more now he came back but really I I still see him ending up down south I I think their top safety prospect is definitely Cam Selden uh, out of Virginia he's he's from a small school in Virginia not not where not a guy who's talked a whole lot but I just know when I speak with Penn State people they absolutely rave about him and uh, so right now I kind of have him as their number one uh, target there we have him at 6'2", 210. He's from uh, North Northumberland in Heathville, Virginia, which uh, I believe is like out kind of east of Richmond. It's kind of a small area. There's not a lot of talent that comes out of there, but he's the real deal. Uh, we have him as uh, number 78 in the on three consensus. Uh, Ramir Stewart, of course, from Emitap is very much in the mix. And then Dakari Nelson, too. Uh, he came up. Um, Dakari came all the way up here from Selma, Alabama, I believe it was. He drove all the way up here from <laughs> Selma, Alabama. To T Frank to oh, watch the wow. Rutgers game. To watch the Rutgers game. He so drove. he's serious about wanting yeah. to see well, Penn he State. With, he came with a cu- couple younger siblings, like a packed car family, uh, to make that trip to watch the Rutgers game. Like, dude, salute. Like that's, I, I would never That's have fun that. too. Yeah. Like yeah. that's fun to make it like a family road trip, too. That's cool. That's a hell of a family road trip uh, to watch. <laughs> what was it like? Twenty points in that game, but uh, yeah. you got to watch the uh, the the Christian Bayou show. So yeah. anyway, so yeah, I mean, you know, obviously he's a guy from down south. I'll be curious to see uh, how how that progresses. Uh, I think Khalil Ali is is somebody they want to see run. He's also from Pensacola, uh, teammates with Ajani Sakir. So we'll see how that goes, and uh, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, uh, T.J. Metcalf too. Also, he he just mm-hmm. came up. 
uh, for Junior Day. He's from Birmingham, Alabama. Christian Garrett from St. Francis, another St. Francis guy. Who does does yeah. Medcalf have safety and or corner or sorry receiver and uh, safety or is he just a safety? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everything I've been told is safety. Okay. Um, you know, if he's somebody I could see in a camp and, you know, get a little better look at, I could give you a better answer there. But right now I kind of have uh, those guys circled. Thomas Williams, too, out of South Carolina. I think he's more of a corner. We have him as a safety, but uh, he, he's somebody to keep an eye on down the road. Zapari, Zapari and Sandy, too. I, I, that's my point is I do feel like the safety board is a little bit deeper uh, okay. as far as potential targets. But Cam Selden is absolutely the top guy there uh, with Vermeer Stewart, Dakari Nelson. Those are kind of the other ones I'm really focused on i tend to get into the weeds and i'm looking at sub packages and daquan hardy has been great for penn state and he yeah, is it. going to be leaving the program at some point is slot corner that has been va valuable for them is that a part of the picture do you think and guys that have that versatility is there anybody that might take precedence because of that uh good question i mean off the top of my head right now, no, there's nobody I'm really circled for that. I think it's they're more so like get get you on campus, let's right. get you, you know, going against Parker Washington, and that'll give us a better feel for it. You right. know, so right, right. right off the top of my head, there's not too many guys. I mean, they're always still trying to look for that length, and obviously that's not really conducive to that to that nickel spot. But uh but yeah, I mean that's it's kind of more like just get it on campus and if you don't get burnt by Parker Washington or KJ <laughs> Hamler or John yeah. Dotson, uh yeah, then, then we're interested. Yeah, plus you can you can play anybody you want at that 11th spot. You can play a yeah. linebacker, you can play another safety, you can play a third corner. So it's not as much like you need it's just been an interesting wrinkle and and this stuff progresses over time with the players available that it's been very good on third down to have him come on the football field, but you know, they've done it a bunch of different ways. Last mm -hmm. question then is um is there a position or a player that you think sticks out most as a must get or a must succeed at? Ooh, a must get. I mean, I'll go back to Evan Link because of the tackle spot, yeah. right? I, mean, I, yep. I do feel like he's incredibly important. You know, Cam, Cam Seldon, too. I just talked about him. I mean, he's someone we're really probably not talking about enough just because he doesn't open up a whole lot. And he's somebody I'm really trying to get an interview with. I'm, I'm finally communicating with him a little bit, which was something I struggled with for a while. So he's somebody I hope to get some, some good info on here soon. I mean – Tony Rojas, uh, Jason Moore. I mean, of course, yeah. Nicholas Harbor. I mean, you know, you can look at each spot and say, man, this is a guy they have to land. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say, you know, Evan Link would probably be my first guy to circle. And then maybe Jason Moore, just because those yeah. you know, tackle and yep. defensive tackle. Show me two more spots that are more crucial uh, than those two when it comes to landing elite talent. Yep. Um, we've that's, talked about that before. That's who I was, I was going to mention, Jason Moore, or, you know, if it could be. Like, out of left field, Luke Montgomery is an elite yeah. tackle to get somebody like that. But a I'm realistic thing realistic. And, and something yeah. that, that definitely defines – a class or defines a position, you know, they were very close with uh, Brian Breesy a couple years ago at that, at that three technique or that defensive tackle position. So I absolutely agree. That would be who I would go with as well. Uh, and landing, let, let, me, let me think landing Jason Moore too. Like he's a potential five-star yeah. and I, and I, and Birch Maher, even though he's an interior guy, I think he's special. And I, and I yep. do believe he has five-star potential. We've talked about this before about how tackles usually get the nod uh, for five-star over interior guys. But if you were to land Jason and you were to land Alex, you know, that gives you two potential five-star guys. And if you, you know, yep. I know rankings only mean so much, you know, and, the, and they mean nothing, of course, you know, when, when they get here in the, in the grand scheme of things. But if you're looking for another top 10 class, Penn State has to land probably two five-star players. And right now those two make the most sense. Awesome, awesome talk. This was a ton of fun. I have an idea. Let's do it one week from now. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sick. I'm, if you guys haven't noticed, I'm like not feeling well at all right now. So hope I'm happy we made it through this one. Um, but yeah, you're a trooper. Soldiering through, I appreciate it. And genuinely appreciate it more than you know. This is the last BWI daily edition of the week. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We'll talk to you next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.